Hi, this is Rachel Sher, former Backlot Tour cast member, and you're listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to Episode 70 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, we conclude my interview with Jeff Heimbuck at Disneyland. In Part 1, we talked about Jeff working with Rolly Crump on his autobiography and getting to know him, the companion CDs, and writing his own book. This time, we'll talk more about his book, his podcast, Communicore Weekly, and more. As before, we did have to stop recording a couple of times as fans of Jeff saw us and came over to say hello and take a picture, which was cool. Other than those pauses, though, again, what you'll hear is the real-time sounds of the park and the interview. Still with some unexpected clicks that came from somewhere I can't identify, but hopefully they're not too distracting. Enjoy. I'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible is providing a free audiobook download to my listeners with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Choose from titles like my book, Faith and the Magic Kingdom. You can pick that one or any of the 150,000 plus audiobooks as your free trial book, and it's yours to keep whether you choose to continue your membership or not. To download your free audiobook today, go to storiesofthemagic.com slash audible. Again, that's storiesofthemagic.com slash audible for your free audiobook. In this episode, Jeff talks about what two of the most fascinating windows are that he discovered while researching the book, including one pretty hilarious story, how the Communicore Weekly podcast got started, behind the scenes with the podcast, is Disney hitting us over the head with Frozen or is it guest demand, more detours about Disney attractions present and future, back to Communicore Weekly, what's in it and what makes it different, Going more in-depth on George's Book of the Week segment. Visiting Flushing Meadows, the site of the 1964-65 World's Fair. Whether show segments ever go off-topic. If he could work for the Walt Disney Company, what he would do and why. Whether there's something he never gets asked but wishes he would, and then we talk about it. What inspires him. His advice to you for following your dreams. And, of course, shameless plug time. And don't forget to stick around to the very end of the show for some bonus in-park audio and chatting with Jeff and myself as we walk from where we started and had the interview on up along Main Street to the train station platform where we end up. Now, a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and continue this story. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. 
Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by JewelBeat.com And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. Now, I know you get asked a lot which ones are your favorite windows. I think I even remember reading an article that was like your top five favorites or something like that. Uh, So we're not going to go there for now. Uh, Instead, what were some of the most surprising or fascinating ones? Uh, To me, there was one... uh, Actually, there was was two. One here was, was... Had a name on it that shortly after he left the company... His name was removed, or I should say, his last name was removed. His first name was Bob. Uh, okay. His last name was removed, and a different Bob was put on the window because the first one was doing, uh, was kind of trying to steal people away from Imagineering to do his own theme parks. Okay. So they kind of erased his name and put a different name up there uh, that was kind of more deserving of the window and actually made more sense in the context of the window. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting as well. But there's also a window at uh, Walt Disney World on uh, Main Street that says Fashions by John. And there, there's five names on it. There used to be six. Okay. And at one point in time, uh, there was a quality show person who was going through like the windows to make sure they looked okay. And he was doing a list of the windows, and he saw these six names, and he found who the five people were, and he couldn't find who that sixth name was. And sorry, uh, he went to uh, the archives to like look who this person was, and it turns out the person was a he worked in the sign shop. And he was touching up the windows, and he thought the five names looked unbalanced. So he wrote his own name on it, and it was there for like ten years before anybody noticed it. So I, I think that's a great story. I think that's hilarious, to be honest with you. That this random guy had his name up there with these greats. Not that he wasn't great. I'm sure he did great work too. Sure, but yeah. it was there for such a long time before anybody actually noticed it. So I, I thought that was a really cool story. <laughs> and that takes quite a bit of um, confidence, I yes. guess you could say. Yeah. I mean... I think at the time it happened, I don't think the reasoning behind the Main Street Windows was really known or understood what it was. Oh, yeah. So it probably, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't anything malicious on his part. Oh, he yeah. just thought it was, lo- you know, it would look better visually to have a, that extra name on there. So he's like, okay, might as well be my own. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they weren't having that. As soon as they, uh, soon they found out, <laughs> they scrubbed his name right off. I don't think he was working for the company any- anymore at the time. Um, I would hope not. But uh, yeah, they took his name right off. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, so, is there anything else you wanted to say about the book? Actually, either book. Uh, well, I'm super proud of both of them, obviously. Uh, the Rolly book was definitely a labor of love and, like, a dream come true to, to work with him and, like, being able to get this this close with him. Like, I'm so thankful for that, to be family with someone that I grew up admiring, one of my idols. So, like, that, to me, is amazing. I will, I will never be unamazed by that. Uh, and I hope people really enjoy uh, that book because it's Rolly's story, and I think it's important not just to, like, Disney history, but, like, in general, like, as, as an artist's story. I mean, he has, he's led an interesting life. He's done a lot of really amazing things, and I think it's a very interesting story that he tells. Um, as for the Windows book, um, I think any Disney nerd worth their salt should know the names that are on the windows of Main Street. Um, and it, I know sometimes it's surprising because, you know, people know some of the names, obviously, because they're the big name Imagineers, but there's random names that they don't know. Uh-huh. And uh, I think their contributions to the park are super important because they made this thing that is magical. Not just here, but all the Magic Kingdom parks. Yeah. So I felt it was important to kind of, like, tell their story and what they did, which is why, like, everybody has, as much as I could, everybody has more than, like, a sentence or two about what they did in their life. I, I, I felt it was important to, like, showcase what their abilities were and, like, what their uh, contributions to the park were. So this is kind of, like, my love letter to the people that made these dreams possible. And uh, kind of, like, I guess a thank you as well. Because um, it's funny, because when Rolly wrote the forward for this book, and so did uh, Bill Sully Sullivan. And both of them, when they were reading the manuscript, they both said, no, I had no idea who half these people were some of the time. Like, they were amazed, too. And they were, like, super thankful to, like, be informed of these other people that maybe they didn't work with on a day-to-day basis, but they all they worked within the company, and they helped, you know, create these magical places. <laughs> and that's got to make you feel good when somebody that's worked for the company, and he's like, well, they know everybody. Yeah. And, like, and they yeah. say, I didn't know that. Yeah. 
So it, it was. It kind of blew my mind a little too, because you know, especially some of the Walt Disney World ones, I would ask uh, Bill, and he'd like, I don't think I've ever heard of that person before. Let me let me look through my stuff and find out. And he would come back later, and be like, Yeah, they did this, this, and this. I had no idea. Uh, so it, it was incredible to like hear they didn't know. Every, I just assume they know everybody because right. how, how would you not? Yeah. And then I forget. Oh, it's a huge company. Of course, I don't know everybody. <laughs> I don't know everybody. Yeah. But any yeah, plans cool. for a supplement to this book that touches on any of the non-Magic Kingdom style parks? Uh, you no, know, I didn't really think about it because, you know, I guess the only supplement really would be the uh, the the five-legged goat guide because th- there are no theoretical main street windows in the other non-Magic Kingdom parks. Uh-huh. Uh, everything else I would consider consider a, a, a five-legged goat. To okay. be honest with you. So when we eventually finish those books, <laughs> that information will be in there. But uh, for now, this will be the only main street windows book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Um, so since you just went back and mentioned the five-legged goat again, this is a great time to transition to talking about the podcast, I think, <laughs> Communicore Weekly. Sure. So how did that get started? So uh, I, uh, again, love Disney, always loved learning about it, and uh, was listening to a lot of podcasts uh, way back when. And it was at the time where I was like, oh, maybe I should do a podcast. I mean, that sounds like a lot. How hard could it be? I mean, it seems like it would be a lot of fun. Famous last words. Yeah, right? No idea how much work would actually go into it. Uh-huh. And uh, George Taylor, uh, my, my co-host, uh, we had been friends for probably two years before that. Okay. And I was like, we should do a podcast. Like, we should, like, just talk about Disney stuff. And then we kind of, like, sat down and hashed out, okay, how can we be different from all the other podcasts? What can we do that's a little bit different? Which is how we came up with the different segments per episode. And, uh-huh. you know, we wanted to have the original music to kind of differentiate us from us. Uh, we're snarky and sarcastic and stuff. We, I mean, that's just our personality, so it came across naturally like that. Right. And uh, we were like, all right, let's, let's give it a shot. Let's do it. And we did the first episode. It was terrible. Uh, but then we kept doing it on and on. We made the mistake of calling it Communicore Weekly, so we were kind of bound to do it every week. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, I think we got better as the weeks went on. At least I hope we, we have been. And it's just kind of been this natural growing thing that's kind of expanded into something we never expected it to. I mean, we did it because him and I both have this massive love of Disney. Uh, Originally, it was more Walt Disney World focused because that's where we were going all the time. Right. But, I mean, as the years have gone on, we have gone into other aspects of the Disney company, other theme parks in general, and we just love talking about it. Like, even if nobody listened, we wouldn't care because we just like talking about Disney stuff and theme park stuff. So uh-huh. it, it's been a lot of fun to get that information out there. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's, it's, been a, it's been a blast, and it's, it's grown into this thing that we could have never imagined it be uh and we're very thankful for everybody that listens and uh we're going to continue doing it as long as we can (laughs) and you know there is a precedent for calling something one thing and actually doing something else (laughs) you think about the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yeah the trilogy of five books Mm -hmm. which totally makes sense right makes sense in my mind chills you five books exactly (laughs) i think the subtitle on the uh, the fifth one is even the fifth book in the increasingly inappropriately named Hitchhiker's yep. Guide to the Galaxy trilogy. <laughs> so you, know, you could do Communicore weekly, bi-weekly. We and, could. You know. and, I mean, and it would kind of fit in with our personality and our uh-huh. snarkiness a little bit too if we went to that. But I think at this point, we've, like, we're so far into the show. We've been doing it for three years now, and we're doing it every week. I think it's just become part of our weekly routine that we this is the time we record, this is when we're going to do it, that's it. Uh-huh. So it's become a part of our lives at this point. And then you do the editing for it? Yeah. So uh, I record, uh, you know, George and I connect via Skype because uh-huh. he lives in North Carolina. Uh, and I record everything. You know, it takes us like an hour to record a half-hour show because we're always messing around and making each other laugh. <laughs> right. And then, you know, it'll sit on my desktop for three days before I'm like, all right, I guess I have to edit the show now. <laughs> and I actually have to edit when I go home today, this week's episode. It's a Halloween episode this week. Ah, okay, um, Nice. I'll edit for like an hour or two, um, you know, because we do a video version and the audio version too, uh-huh. and it gets uploaded every Sunday. Uh, but I mean, I'm very thankful that his brother is a very talented musician, and he has done these wonderful bumpers for us. And whatever we can come up with, he's like, "I'll do it in a day." And the next day, we'll have something that is a million times better than we could have ever expected. <laughs> um, and I think that kind of makes us stand out a little bit more because we have these musical accompaniments and you know bumpers and I don't know 
I don't know. I, I like to think we stand out a little bit from the pack. Not saying we're better than anyone else, but I just I think we stand out a little bit more. Right. We always want to try to differentiate yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's not necessarily better or worse. It's just what can I do that other people aren't doing? Yeah, because we don't want to tread the same grounds again yeah. and again that everybody else has. We want to do something different. So this is our way of doing things very, very differently. Very different. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's been great. I, I love doing Communicore Weekly. I love doing it with George. I mean, George has been my best friend. It's so weird when I when we tell people that we didn't actually meet until Epcot's 30th anniversary when we did the live show uh-huh. uh, in the Norway Pavilion. But we had been friends for like four years before that, and we just had never met face-to-face. Right. So, I mean, people are amazed that we have that kind of friendship and camaraderie that, that comes with having not met someone face-to-face before. It's the magic of the internet that connected these people together. Yeah. And do we need to have a moment of silence now for Norway? You know, I'm bummed about Maelstrom closing, and I'm bummed that they're going to change, like, the aesthetics of the pavilion itself. I understand why they did it, but especially now because it's, it, that place holds such a special place in my heart because uh-huh. of Communicore Weekly history. I'm like, man, I'm super bummed that they're closing that ride. Yeah. It was good. It was a terrible good. It was a terrible kind of good. It was no, by no means a great ride, but it hurt. Oh my god! Hello. Uh, okay, so we were talking about Norway. And yes, Norway. So yeah, I am pretty bummed about. Yeah, the whole I believe Norway the last thing, thing you had said before I paused, since we had just had people come up, was that the attraction Maelstrom was terrible good. Yeah, I mean it was by no means a cohesive, coherent attraction <laughs> because it was all over the place. It made no sense whatsoever. But I think that was part of the charm of it. And it opened around close to the first my first visit, so like okay. that was one of the first attractions I remember going on at Epcot. Mm-hmm. But man, it was so bad that it was good, and I'm I'm really bummed that we're gonna that we lost it. But uh, synergy, what are you gonna do? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, kind of a complete detour from all the rest of this, but on that, that we're, you know, we're talking about right there. I keep hearing people say, "I wish they would stop hitting us over the head with Frozen." And I kind of wonder, are they hitting us over the head with Frozen, or are so many people asking for it that they're like, we have to pump stuff out? Or is it kind of both? You know, I think at first, when they realized what a hit the movie was, that a lot of people were asking for Frozen stuff, especially, like, parents of of younger kids, because that's a big deal. But I think now that they... It's like the same thing that the reason we got Cars Land. Uh Cars Land was selling a lot of merchandise. Uh, and John Lasseter loves the Cars franchise. So those two things combined is why we got a Cars Line, which I'm totally okay with because I think Cars Line is gorgeous. I, I love it. Oh, yeah. But because it's such Frozen is such a moneymaker now that they're doing everything they can to capitalize on that before that money train goes away, which, again, they're a business. I totally understand. But I think in some ways we are getting an uh, overabundance of frozen material mm-hmm. at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Do you remember Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah. Not too long ago was on five days a week. Yes, it which was is insane. popular one day a week. Then they just drove it into the ground five days a week, and now most people don't care. Yes. So I feel like maybe it'll get driven into the ground at some point, but we are getting an attraction out of it. And uh, I'm very curious to see what how that attraction comes into play. And uh, I'm excited for it, to be honest. I mean, granted... Again, bum, we lost Maelstrom. But mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what they come up with for the Frozen attraction. Yeah. yeah. Much, they very rarely let me down. Yeah. So I figure let's give them the benefit of the doubt until they come out with it and then see how it goes. Yeah. You know, and we'll just kind of assume the best, hope for the best. And then if it's bad, we'll say it at that time. But it? it's really hard to criticize something that doesn't exist yet. There was a song from the 12 Chairs, uh, Mel Brooks, uh, Hope for the Best, Expect the Worst. And that's kind of what I'm going for, but I, I really have high expectations. I'm sure they're going to do a great job with whatever they come up with. Because they always do great stuff. I mean, they yeah. always do amazing things. Yeah. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. The Cars Land is a classic Cars example Land is, of that. Yeah, it's, it's a great, great example. I don't necessarily like the Cars franchise, but I think mm-hmm. Cars Land is gorgeous. I love Radio Dishman's Racers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love all the other rides. I love the Luigi Flying Tires, which is unfortunately going away. But, I mean, I love all the stuff that they did over there. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I don't understand why people have a problem with Luigi's flying tires. I don't understand it, either. I, you get a you know, lean, it's fine. It's, <laughs> I guess the ride system itself is the problem. You know, it's I, in a way it is fundamentally flawed. It's not easy to control those tires correctly. You have to do it one or two times to really get it. Uh-huh. And I think that's what ruins the experience for a lot of people. But I still love it, and I don't want it to go away. Yeah. But I mean, it is what it is. I'm sure whatever they replace it with will be great as well. 
Yeah, they don't have a very large footprint to work with. No, they so. do not, but they'll come up with something awesome. I'm, I'm sure. sure they will. Yeah. <laughs> I, they just can't afford to lose an attraction, so it's going to be some kind of attraction yeah. there. It's got to yeah. be. So, and I hope they keep the indoor queue. That's I, hope, I, I think they are, actually. That's what I've heard. I think it's still, say. like, the same facade and everything, and they're keeping all that stuff, but it's just the attraction itself will be something brand new. Yeah. Whatever it may be. Right. So, here's hoping. Yeah. Fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, tell them, let's go back to Communicar Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like an interview with Raleigh. Yeah, so. we're all Off over the place. Go. Sorry, get distracted. <laughs> That's okay. I love rabbit trails on this show. <laughs> One of our favorite things. <laughs> so you, we talked about how it got started and kind of what makes it unique, but let's kind of talk about the different segments and you know how the show is structured or unstructured, as the case may be. Yeah. Unstructured is a very good word for it because that's exactly how we are. But basically every week, we usually have like three uh, segments that are in every episode. We do uh, It's Time for Disney History, George's Book of the Week, and The Five Like a Go. Uh, I would say nine times out of ten, all those are in the episode. Okay. Sometimes Disney History is traded out for like a trip report or like an interview segment or something like that. But you will always find a Five Like a Go and a Book of the Week in the episodes and then we have like rotating third segments that come in between the book of the week and uh, the five leg go you know we'll do a bathroom break where we talk about a bathroom in the park okay. or we'll uh, we'll do uh, the food report where we talk about a, a restaurant that we really enjoy or the 60 second review which is not 60 seconds and we talk <laughs> for four minutes about something we just watched or read or something um, so we we wanted our podcast to be different than the typical Disney podcast because, you know, when you listen to one, they're like an hour usually on one topic, uh-huh. which, you know, most of the time, I think that's great. But some people I know, myself included, don't have an hour or an hour and a half or two hours to listen to podcasts. So our, we always wanted to keep it very short. So we, every episode is under a half hour. We call uh-huh. it a commute podcast. So you can listen on, to and from your way to work. Uh-huh. Um, and we, we like the little bite-sized things so nobody gets bored. So the history segment's like 10 minutes. You know, the book of the week is like four to five. Five like a goat, maybe like a minute, minute and a half. And then whatever that third segment is, you know, it, it fluctuates in size. But we always try to keep it short and sweet. And we're in and out before anybody gets bored, before we get bored, essentially. Uh-huh. Um, and that's always been our plan since the beginning. And we've stuck to that really well. I think we've only had like two episodes that have gone over the 30-minute mark. And every time that's happened, like, I'll sit at my computer going, oh, no, we're at, like, 30, min- 30 minutes and, like, 14 seconds. Where can I shave off 14 <laughs> seconds? Like, I-, I make myself sick over it. Uh-huh. But um, people have told us, like, you could talk for two hours and we'd still listen. And I, I don't want to hear myself talk for two hours. I don't know why anyone else want to hear me talk for two hours, to be honest with you. I don't know why this conversation is going on for so long. <laughs> because I, bore myself. I don't want people to hear me talk for two hours. <laughs> okay, so fair I bring enough. other people on so I can let them listen to other people talk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that. I think that is what we've really had in mind to try to get ourselves, set ourselves apart from all the other podcasts. Short, uh-huh. sweet, to the point, and then, of course, the musical bumpers, uh... Just are like the icing on the cake on top of everything else. Uh-huh. Um, I, it's it's so weird to like have people come up and like sing your theme song too, or like <laughs> you know the five like a goat theme song. But, like those two songs are like the most iconic songs that we have. Yeah. Um, and it, it's really cool that people like listen to them, you know, every day, and like they bought the soundtrack, and you know they enjoy the songs that much. But I, I think they're they're earworms. They're super catchy. Uh-huh. And I think Andy and Steve did an amazing job coming up with them. I mean, I, I can't thank them enough for their amazing musical talents that I have zero of. So thank for them. They're amazing. <laughs> and George's Book of the Week, not always a Disney book, right? Yes. So most of the time it is, yes. But now we have this very good relationship with uh, Disney Publishing. Okay. And they publish a wide variety of books. So, I mean, just recently we uh, reviewed uh, the Artemis Fowl graphic novel. Yeah, uh, you just listened to that one yesterday. I mean, I love, I love the Artemis Fowl books. I thought they are fantastic. And they said, hey, we have the graphic novels. Do you want to review them? Of course we do. So, I mean, they kind of fit into the Disney mold because Disney Publishing is the one releasing them. But not all of them are, like, Disney-specific books now. Um, we are, this, this Halloween episode is going to be episode 147, 146, I forget what number it is. So at this point, George has covered most of like the major Disney books in his library. So he has to like be very careful about what he picks and chooses. Because he'll pick something now and he'll be like, wait, did we review this already? We have to go back and see if we actually reviewed this one. Uh-huh. Um, so that's why we try to mix it up a little bit. So they're not, everything is not Disney specific, but it is Disney connected in, in some way. 
e even if it's just Disney, you know, Disney publishes it. That's why we're reviewing it. But okay. we make sure it has some connection with Disney before we review it. And then sometimes, I, you know, you have, like, independent authors, something like that might send you a book to read. Oh, yeah. We've had quite a few of those, too. And not all of them have a Disney connection, but they're Disney fans. So to us, that's a Disney connection. And, right. you know, we are always looking to help, you know, fans of the show and, like, other authors promote their stuff. We're, we're totally all about there. We love helping people get the word out there about their stuff. So, I mean, if you have a book... Send it in and we'll read it and we'll review it. We'll put it in the book of the week or we'll help promote it. I mean, we love doing that stuff. Okay. We have massive book collections, the two of us. <laughs> His is much larger than mine, but uh, man, my, my apartment has one, two, three, four, five, like 11 bookshelves just filled with books. Most of them Disney books, but just filled with books. Uh -huh. I'm, a, I'm a big reader. <laughs> Me too. I think I only have six and a half. Shelves, yeah, but that's all the room I have. Yeah, so I, I, we had to forego a lot of other stuff to make room for the uh, bookshelves, but uh, we can put stuff on top of the bookshelves, I guess. But uh, as much as I hate IKEA, their bookshelves are a godsend because uh -huh. man, they hold everything that we own. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, and for topics for the show, how far ahead do you guys plan? Uh, I know you've got your Halloween one, so you probably... So Halloween, that's that. a good example. So Halloween one, I actually created the document. We use Google Docs to okay. write the show. So the Halloween Google Doc, I think I started like two months ago because we had to like... I was thinking, oh no, what are we going to cover for Halloween this year? We did the Haunted Mansion. We did Phantom Manor already. I mean, what, we did the George's Ghost the first year. So I was like, we need to come up with something unique. Uh -huh. uh, so we, we thought about that one way in advance. Uh, there are some topics that I don't think about until like a, you know a couple days before we record. Okay. There are other topics that like I'll I'll pull research from um, over months and I'll put it into a document and then you know once I feel like I have enough I will write the history segment. So I mean some of them take two days to write, some of them take four or five months to write. It, re it really depends on what we're talking about uh -huh. at the time. Um, some of the stuff that we are more recent, that we, that we grew up with, like at Walt Disney World, don't take nearly as long because we have more familiarity with it. Right. But stuff from Disneyland's past, like in the 50s, that takes a little bit longer to research. So if those, those are the ones that wind up taking much longer. I think the, the most we researched was for this year, we do a lot of the, the World's Fair segments because of the 64 World's Fair, the 50th anniversary. Right. Those segments, I, I wrote anywhere from like, four weeks in advance to like three months in advance because oh, wow. there was a lot of research for that stuff especially um, what was it? oh Magic Skyway because that's the only one that didn't make it into a Disney park at the end right. so finding information about that was so hard but once I did I kind of like opened the floodgates and that's why that one was a two part episode because I mean there was so much information I found on it and it was all great uh -huh. and no one really talks about it so I was like I need to get that out there somehow yeah um, but yeah, the, I mean, the, how long it takes, it just depends on what the topic is. <laughs> <laughs> do you have the visitor's guide from the World's Fair? I do. I do. I actually bought it on eBay uh, two years ago, I think. And I think it was only like 10 bucks at yeah, the time. Yeah, I think that's about what I paid for mine, yeah. too. I have a, a very wide collection of World's Fair uh, memorabilia because I, I love that time uh -huh. period. When I, after I, after Rolly and I, you know, were working on the book, just before it came out, uh, we, I had, you know, I lived in Jersey my entire life had never been to the park, the, the world's, uh, the Corona Flushing Meadows Park. Uh -huh. So I was like, I need to go before we move. It was like the middle of winter, it was freezing. It, didn't, it wasn't snowing, thankfully, but I go went. Ahead. And it was just amazing to see what was still there and what is no longer, like the remnants and stuff. It, and it was bizarre for me to stand at the location where the Tower of the Four Winds was 50 years ago, beforehand, uh -huh. and just be like, I'm standing underneath where it used to be. Like, Rolly stood here at one point in time. And now it's just gone. It's like in, it's at the bottom of the ocean somewhere. So it, it, it's it, it is really cool to kind of get that experience way after the fact. I wish I had a time machine so I could have experienced that stuff, but uh -huh. maybe one day in the future I'll get it. But you know, if a time machine's ever going to be invented, then it already has. We just don't know about it yet. Right. Those time calendars are very sneaky. Exactly. Very, very sneaky. <laughs> so, hey, do you ever have a segment of a, your show where you think it's going to be about one thing? And then as you get talking about other stuff, you just edit out what it was originally going to be and use this other stuff instead. You know, well, you know our episodes are half hour, like I said. Uh -huh. When we record, it takes anywhere from an hour to like an hour and a half. Uh -huh. And that's because George and I have the worst cases of ADD in the world. <laughs> so we'll get distracted by the stupidest things, and then we'll go off on tangents. Uh, but no, we always we always come back to the topic, and I always cut out all the stuff that it, you know it's not about. I think maybe there was once or twice that like a trip report turned into something that it wasn't supposed to be originally. And at the end, when I'm editing it, I'm like, 
this has nothing to do with our original idea. I guess we'll call it what it is now as opposed to what it was. Okay. But all the history segments are, are very, um, they're, they're very rigid. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know, but we, I actually like write out the history seg- segments for us. Okay. And, you know, we'll read it, we'll go over it, and we kind of use that as a guide. Uh-huh. And we, we don't read it word for word because we don't want to sound like we're reading from the paper the whole time. Right. But we want to have a conversation about it. But, like, everything I have, everything we have is very written out already, ready to go, and written in a conversational tone. So uh, it, it comes out in a conversational tone. Uh-huh. Um, so we very rarely talk about stuff. Uh, on those history segments that are not already written down. Except when we're, like, messing with each other. <laughs> and I'm sure that never happens. Pause for one second. So you've interviewed a lot of people and you are friends with people who work for the Walt Disney Company and everything, but if you could work for the Walt Disney Company, you have any job you wanted anywhere in the company except for, like, Emperor of Disney, that doesn't count, but anything else. You no even, Supreme Chancellor? No Supreme oh, Chancellor. Oh, that's always my go-to answer. <laughs> Sorry, you're going to have to come up with a different ah. one. But anything else, you can even make up a job if it doesn't exist. What would it be and why? You know, a lot of my background is writing and... Uh, movie making and there is a portion of the company that's act- I don't know if it's still called theme park productions but it, it used to be called theme park productions and they were in charge of like all the videos that you would see in attractions in the park somewhere and I would love to have anything to do with that whatsoever because again aside from Disney my other love is movies actually I went to school for filmmaking okay um, so I, I would love either to, to write for that or like to actually do the filming or the editing that is something I think would be super fun to do and be super interesting and could probably be different every single day um, I, I would be all for that so if you're listening please hire me for theme park productions <laughs> and I think you should so. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the request you have a, a vouching for that's a, that that's a good so, referral I think right. okay that works yeah. for me okay We'll get that written down so I can submit that with my application. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> with all of the talking you do on the podcast and the you know things with the book tours and things like that, I, you get asked tons of questions. You get to answer all kinds of random stuff. But is there anything you never get asked that you wish someone would ask you? Uh, like that thing that you do, like, I want to talk about this, and no one ever asks me, so I, I can't. I don't think so, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, granted, when we're... When I do Disney stuff, we're always talking about Disney stuff, but kind of like Rolly. Like, I do a lot of stuff outside of Disney, too. Like, uh, not a lot of people know this, but I am a massive, massive... Uh, people in the podcast know, but I'm a massive uh, horror movie buff. And, like, the Haunted House stuff. Like, uh-huh. October is my season. Like, I've spent the last seven weekends going to haunted houses and getting scared out of my mind at all these places. Because I love that stuff. And I love horror movies. And it's weird to have, like, someone who's a massive fan of Disney also love this the horror movie fascination and love, too. Like, I tell people, and they're like, why? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But, I mean, it, it's something else that I thoroughly enjoy quite a bit. Most of the movies that I have made throughout my filmmaking aspect of my career have been horror films. Uh, I made a feature-length horror film about the Jersey Devil, uh, which is a, a local legend in New Jersey, back when I lived in Jersey. Uh, I made... Tons of short horror films, um, comedies as well too. But I mean, that's stuff that never naturally comes up in conversation because I'm always talking about Disney stuff. Right. So I guess that would be it, maybe. <laughs> but I, I mean, other than that, I can't really think of anything else. Do you have a favorite horror movie? Uh, I have many favorite horror movies. Um, <laughs> my the movie that made me want to get into filmmaking to begin with is kind of a horror movie, and that is Army of Darkness. The okay. third film in the Evil Dead trilogy. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw that in the theater. My mom took me. She hated it, but I totally fell in love, and that made me want to go uh, make movies and horror movies. Um, favorite horror movie? Man, I don't know. I just love so, so many of them. I just rewatched Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, last night because uh, I love that movie. It's such a guilty pleasure. It's not a good movie by any means, <laughs> um, but I made uh, my son watch it for the first time. And... Uh, I, I like that one. And we watched The Shining last night, too. If, if I had to pick one, I would probably pick The Shining. I love The Shining. Okay. How about a favorite movie, horror movie monster? Horror movie monster? I've always loved The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, uh, I've always choice. been fascinated with that series of movies for some reason. And now that they're kind of like revamping the Universal Monsters, 
I'm, my fingers are crossed for a revamp of that one coming out soon because I, I love that movie. Mm. I think I think it's so good. Like a classic, really weird, bizarre um, movie monster. Nice. <laughs> um, this may not be the same answer to the previous question. In fact, I kind of hope it's not. But if it is, that's okay. <laughs> what inspires you? What inspires me? I'm hoping you're not going to say horror movies with a creature from the black Lagoon. No, but... no, no. <laughs> Maybe running away from him and running for my life, that could inspire me. That would be inspiring, yeah. Uh, you know, I would think at first my answer would be, uh, you know, the people I looked up to, my idols and my heroes. Uh, Roly inspired me growing up. He was, he was a huge inspiration. Even more so now, they were close. But I think nowadays the biggest thing is the people that I interact with and I meet through doing the podcast and doing the books and everything, they kind of inspire even not just me, but George too, to do more, to continue doing what we're doing. Because, I mean, we get, I guess, validation from them. Uh, okay. You know, getting emails and, you know, like handwritten letters from people in the mail to how much they enjoy what we do. That, to me, kind of inspires me to continue to want to do more and go, hey, these people are actually enjoying all this work that we're putting into stuff. It's not all for nothing. Because... Uh-huh. I, I, you know, people don't realize, yeah, podcast is a lot of work. Uh, we don't get paid for it. I mean, if anything, we lose money on doing podcasting. Yeah. But to get this validation and create these relationships with fans, and a lot of these fans turn into friends. I mean, some of the, the closest friends I have now are people that I have met through the Disney community or have been fans of the show from the beginning and they just grew into these friendships. And that, to me, continues to inspire me to want to do more and do what I love. Very cool. <laughs> uh, now, you know, people listening, probably everybody listening, has a dream of some kind. But some of them, you know, it's maybe something that they haven't been able to pursue, or you know, they they've been told it's stupid, or it's not worth doing, or they can't do it, or something like that. And so they just kind of pushed it away and forgotten it, or they've just kind of maybe given up on it. Meanwhile, you know, you've gotten to do these really cool things with the podcast and getting to spend all this time with Rolly. I mean, you went from being a massive fan of this guy to being, like, an adopted grandson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's probably people who are like, hey, I wish I could do that. I want to be that with, guy. You know, somebody or other. And, you know, you're somebody who's done something like that. And not everybody's going to go on to be the adopted <laughs> grandchild of an Imagineer. <laughs> you know, but they've got their dream. We can all wish. That's never right. know. You know. But maybe they want to write a book or do something with Disney or whatever. So what advice would you have for that person? Uh, never give up, really. I mean, this, I think I would, the same thing that Walt says, don't give up on your dreams. Just actually pursue it. Because there was a lo- like uh, a portion of time where before I really got into this stuff that I was dissuaded from doing it from other parties. And I was like, yeah, maybe it is dumb, maybe it is stupid. And then the more I thought about it, like, no, this is something that I enjoy doing and it makes me happy. So... I'm going to do it, even if for no one else, just for myself. Mm-hmm. So, if there's something that you enjoy, you should do it, regardless of what anyone else says. If it's something that makes you happy, I think you should definitely just go out and do it. Sometimes it works out for the best, sometimes it doesn't. You don't know until you try, but that's the biggest thing. You have to get out there and try it, because you'll never know otherwise. And at the end of the day, at least you'll be happy for doing it for yourself. You know, not anyone else, but you're doing it for you. That's the main thing. Good. That's great advice. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and then finally, the the second reason that you came on the show, the first was to talk about Animal Kingdom and why it's a full day park. <laughs> Maybe a two-day park. I would spend an entire vacation there if my fiancé let me. <laughs> there you go. Uh, aside from that, though, shameless plug time. This Let's... is your chance to plug anything you want, both books, where people can find you on social media, right. whatever. All yours, go for it. Okay, so you can find me literally everywhere on social media at Jeff Heinbuck. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, that's Facebook. Um, Communicator Week you can find on iTunes. We release, the official releases are every Wednesday, but I actually put them up every Sunday. Uh, so you can find that on iTunes. You can also find the video version on YouTube, just uh, YouTube, Communicator Weekly. And then the books, of course. Uh, it's kind of a cute story by my Rolly Crump and myself, uh, the more cute story CD series. There's five of them now. And the Main Street Windows, the, uh, I always forget the subtitle even though I came up with it. A Complete Guide to Disney's Whimsical Tributes, which just recently came out. I am super psyched about it, and I hope you guys enjoy it as well. Cool, and I will put links to all of that in the show notes. Thank so you. Can click I appreciate right it. Sure. 
Thank you for joining me here at the park today. Thanks. Hey, this was a lot of fun. It was cool, especially I noticed as time went on, it was kind of quiet, and then it kind of got louder as things went on, and now the yeah, we're what's starting called? The, the, the cars Autopia are going, the Autopia cars are going, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so hopefully people have enjoyed us and the background. The, the ambient noise. That's right, and if anybody got distracted by the ambient noise and forgot to listen to us, just go back and go listen, back and listen again. again. That's fine. Yeah. Does that yeah. count as two listens, two downloads? No, it doesn't. I don't it. think so, no. I'll just say it does. We'll feel better if it does. <laughs> I like the sound of that. <laughs> That brings us to the end of this week's show. A special thank you to Jeff Heimbuck for being my guest and to you for listening. Next time we'll be talking with a former Disneyland Guest Relations cast member who has some great stories and fond memories, Holly Bartell. If you're currently doing something because of your love for Disney, you've written a book, created a website, you're blogging, podcasting, writing, performing music, whatever it may be, and you want to tell people about it and why it matters to you, I want to hear from you. I also want to talk to and hear from people who've worked for Disney. And if you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience, and you've had an encounter or an interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic, or you've had any special Disney experience you want to share, I'd love to hear from you too. For any of these, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, or you can hear Stories of the Magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode. And believe me, this one has a lot of them. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash stories of the magic. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash stories of magic and tweet out that you're listening. Pin it on Pinterest, plus one on Google Plus. Tell your friends about the show. Keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic too. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, but this tale is finished. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website storiesofthemagic.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world. Whatever, go this way. That'll work. As much as I enjoy Tomorrowland, there's not a whole heck of a lot in there. Right. Though there is the Tomorrowland Terrace that... A, Rolly had d- designed and was in charge of building and everything. And B, my favorite band, Suburban Legends, plays on all the time. So there is that. However, other than that, not, not quite so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you actually managed to be at the park with Rolly very often? I know he doesn't come a he lot. He does not come a lot because he hates the massive crowds that mm-hmm. descend and he hates all the strollers and everything. And, you know... He, he's an older guy, of course. Sure. So after a certain amount of time, he gets, you know, a little tired of walking. So it, it's hard for him to be walking around here. I've actually only been in the park with him once. And that was uh, when we did uh, a book signing at Downtown Disney. And then we had lunch at Club 33. Okay. So we were here. I mean, we walked around for a little bit. We went to the Tiki Room. Um, we went to have lunch. And then we walked around for a little bit afterward. And he was like, we need to go. I'm done with all these strollers. <laughs> and it was hot that day, too. So oh. Not as much as I would like is the answer. But, uh, I mean, he, he never comes up here anymore, really. I mean, mm. unless he has a good, a really good reason. I love this whole area right here. Have you been? I'm sure you've been on this, Alice, since I did all the new stuff, right? I did. I was actually here for the Disney Parks blog 59th anniversary event. Oh, you were? Yeah, and so we got the little coupon books that were reminiscent of the old ticket books. That is awesome. this was one of the attractions that you could use. It essentially worked as an instant fast pass. 
So I, we got to ride uh, with no weight. That is awesome. I think what they did, I mean, granted, I'm a little, I'm still a little upset that they had to expand the vine and everything. Yeah. But it looks great. And I think all the digital projections that they did inside the ride and all the enhancements are gorgeous. And I want them to do that for all the dark rides. All oh, of yes. them. I agree. They're they're fantastic. I think they were planning on doing that for the 60th. I don't know if they still are, but at one point I know they were uh-huh. planning on doing that kind of thing. Right. Uh, and, I, man, I hope they do because, I mean, it fits right in and, and it looks, it, it makes the ride feel brand new again. It does. These are my favorite bathrooms in the whole park. The ones, <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me, by Alice in Wonderland and the Matterhorn. Mm-hmm. That's that- a... Commuter Chronically pro tip for you. Use these bathrooms because they're the best. There you go. That's also where I took the 5 a.m. picture at the first 24-hour Disney oh, day. Oh, really? Yep, 5 a.m. picture next to the White Rabbit with his clock. That's that so said 5 o'clock. funny. So. That, I had never noticed that before. I may have to remember that for the next 24-hour event. I don't actually go to them for 24 hours because I think that's insane. Uh-huh. Uh, I will do 14, maybe 12. Whatever the last half is, I'll, I'll usually go to. Right. Uh... This year, actually, I had to work that night, and I came after work. Uh, I think it was graduation uh, for school I work for, so I didn't get here until, like, midnight, and then I left around 4 because I was like, I can't do this. I'm, I'm exhausted. I need to go home now. I am so done. <laughs> right. Yeah. And everybody here was miserable because it was late, and they were tired. There was people sleeping on benches. I'm like, this is not as fun as I remember it being last year, guys. <laughs> yeah. I am going home. I only did the first years because I haven't been able to get here the other couple of years with work and everything. But did the first year for all 24 hours with no caffeine. You are a better man than I. I don't think I'd be able to survive that. (laughs) Yeah, no caffeine and no naps. We dozed off for like two minutes in Small World. And that was it. (laughs) My problem was, for whatever reason, that the one time, the second one when I was here for the back 14 hours, like... Three o'clock in the morning, we were like, nobody really good right now. Let's go on pirates, guys. Let's get, that's a great idea. They don't wake us up. We sat down in the boats and we're like, <laughs> this is the worst idea ever. Uh-huh. I'm so tired. <laughs> yep, we had the exact same thing happen. Like, you think you, if I could just sit for a few minutes, then be that'll okay. be great. But no, it totally destroys <laughs> you. And then I was miserable for like the. I was like, you know, it's four o'clock. It's only two hours left. We have to stay. Uh huh. And by, I think it was like 5.30, we were standing over here by the castle, waiting for like the ending ceremony. And then it was over, we were like, okay, bye. And we just like ran out of the park. <laughs> time to go home and go to sleep. Right. Which, of course, by the time I got home, I could not fall asleep at all. Oh, no. Because yeah. why would I want to as soon as I got there? Yeah. I'm hoping, I assume they're probably going to do another event similar to that. In 2015, I'm sure they will. A 24 hour or a 60 hour for the 60th or whatever. But that's going to all fall right around the time that I'll have a daughter who's only a few weeks old. And you will not be in attendance then? No, I don't think I'm going to make it. I do not blame you. (laughs) Just for your reference, those over there are the windows they just added. Ah. You can see them. Windows out that direction. Oh, yes, I see the. Because they just redid that whole facade for the first aid building. And right, yeah, that just, that it just opens. So. Yeah, and they, I mean, I saw the pictures in an update and I'm like, those are new windows. I am so angry right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. So close. You know what else I just noticed as I was walking in today? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if maybe it's been here and I just missed it, but the, con- the sign that says coffee. Past oh, the market house. I, that has been there. I think they they uh, updated it after they did they turned it into Starbucks. But uh, I think it's always been there. I think I definitely need a picture in front of Rolly's window with with the book in my hand. Oh, I that's, think that's a good the idea. most appropriate to be honest. I think with you're you. right. Take my. I don't know that we'll actually be able to get Rolly's window in it very well. We'll see but the porch. Yeah. Should I pretend I'm reading? <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's good. I like that. That's awesome. That should work out just I'm fine. I'm going to ask you to text that one to me. Sure. <laughs> and how about for the picture of the book? What do you think for that? Huh. 
I don't know. I can't think of a good location we can, where you can kind of see windows in the background. Or maybe if we stand on the train station on the top, you can take a picture of it. Like I can hold it in such a way we can get Main Street in the background of it. Yeah, I could do that. I was also thinking of uh, the old press office next to City too. Hall because there's a couple of lower windows there. That works as well. Harrison. Uh, Buzz, Buzz price. price is over there. Yeah. Or, even though it's not a traditional window, you've got the one dedicated to the cast members here right next the to yep. uh, the, the uh, cinema. Counts as well. Yeah. In the book. Yeah, it's that giant coffee mug that somehow I've managed to miss for the last several months. They should be like... Next time you're on that side of the street, that uh-huh. particular window on that door over there is, is oh, interesting the, the to dentist? me. Yeah. The, the Jewish dentist with the mezuzah on the door. Mm-hmm. I always found that fascinating for some reason. Yeah, I can see that. And there's no, it's not a, a tribute to anyone, which is really interesting. Okay, that might be one of the funniest shirts I've seen in a long time. What is that? It was a toothbrush that was saying, I hate my job, and then a roll of toilet paper that said, oh, please. (laughs) That's even funnier. It is. Oh, yeah, so where do you want to go? Uh, Let's try the train station first. Sure. Absolutely. How hard was it to get pictures of some of those windows there? Kind of on either side of the opera house. Uh, incredibly hard. Um, so my friend Sarah took the photos here, and the work. I don't know how she did it. I, I told her the probably her best bet was to get on the omnibus and sit on the top level to get most of these windows. Uh huh. The one that gave her the most trouble was Frank Wells because Frank Wells is the entrance to the gallery now, and they always right. have the shows going on in there, and. As you can see, the banner kind of overtakes all the windows. Yeah. So I actually, I was trying to help her. I was like, okay, try the omnibus if that doesn't work. Try to stand up here on the train station to get up That's there. That's what I was thinking. Nothing was working. We couldn't get anything. So I went back to look at my photos from when I came out to work with Rolly, uh-huh. and I actually had a photo that I had taken of that window. I forget why I took a picture of it, but without anything in the way. So it worked out so well. Like, it, it was total fluke that I happened to have that one. But, uh, I mean, some of the windows did give us some trouble. Um, if, you, if you go through the Walt Disney World version and the Magic Kingdom ones, uh-huh. there are a handful of windows that just look terrible. They just haven't been, uh, they haven't been maintained in a long time. Hmm. And, I mean, there was nothing we could do. I right. mean, I emailed them and I said, hey, I'm writing this book. I just want you to know that the pictures we have don't look great. And they're like, ah, it is what it is. We can't do anything about it, really. Okay. Which is, I mean, unfortunate, but what are you going to do?